Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Today, we have Kriti with us on the show. Kriti is currently a principal at Owl Ventures, an early to mid-stage fund focusing on edtech and future of work. She has also worked with SoftBank Vision Fund in London, doing growth equity investing and was earlier doing early stage to CVC investing in technology, consumer and healthcare spaces at Sequoia Capital in India. Kriti is a former consultant from McKinsey and is a graduate of Harvard Business School. Welcome to the show, Kriti. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. So jumping right in, what prompted you to join investing after consulting with McKinsey, Kriti? How did you shortlist which funds to join and how was the recruitment process for you? Um, yeah, after McKinsey, I wanted to shift to investing to have more skin in the game and work with founders directly, as well as work in a smaller team. Um, in India, after spending one year in consulting, a lot of funds reach out to you directly for the analyst program. Between private equity and venture, I was more excited to work with early stage companies and kind of see that growth happening. Um, and hence, venture was a good fit for me. Sequoia was one such fund that had reached out, and I was very excited about the team there, um, especially after hearing from the founders about the reputation of the fund um, and really getting a feel for the culture. Great. So you have diverse experience investing across different stages as well as sectors. From your learnings, how should one decide about the sector or stage of investing that best fits them? I think the stage of investing depends upon one's risk appetite as well as what they like to do day to day. If you know you enjoy speaking to founders, sourcing, and being out there networking, then venture is a great fit for you. But if you're more data-oriented, love Excel and going deep into the numbers, then growth or PE is probably the better fit. For me, I love the daily interactions with new founders and hearing their stories, um, but I'm also very data-oriented. So I wanted to be at a firm where I could do both early stage and growth investing. But in order to do that, I wanted to be more sectoral focused. Um, and I thought that focusing on one particular sector would be the best way for me to add value to the companies that I work with. Um, the sector choice really depends on one's interest areas and where they would most like to spend time outside of work. So be it healthcare, ed tech, um, B2B, SaaS, really depends on what gets one, one excited. That's helpful, Kriti. One very common question we keep getting asked is, what is a typical day like for an investor? So throwing back at you, how's a typical day like for you? And especially with the current COVID era, with investments picking back up during the pandemic, have you experienced difficulty in meeting or evaluating deals virtually? It's actually been busier than usual for us uh, at, at, in EdTech. Um, I spent 30% of my day meeting new founders, sitting in pitch meetings, I am the rest 30% of the day I spend uh, with existing portfolio companies, helping them scale with hiring, marketing, and anything they really need help on. And the remaining 40%, I spend time evaluating new investments and doing a lot of the diligence work. I would say it's been actually really smooth evaluating deals um, and in fact, more efficient because you know we're kind of wasting less time commuting um, and we're able to do back-to-back -back meetings. Um, while it does take slightly more longer to come to an answer on new companies, um, just to kind of get comfort as it takes away a lot of the personal interaction being face to face. But, um, you know, at our we're huge proponents of future of work and our team was remote even before the pandemic. So it's it's been really great. That's that's really nice to hear. And 
EdTech has been one of those spaces that's been more resistant to COVID. In fact, we've seen a surge in innovation during the lockdown to maintain quality of education and personalized learning. During your time at OWL, what are the key trends you've seen emerge in the space? 80% of OWL's portfolio has been a beneficiary of tailwinds due to the move to remote learning because of COVID-19. Um, I'll highlight a few trends that we're seeing play out across major age categories, early childhood learning, supplementary learning for teenagers, and upskilling of professionals in the workforce. Um, on the early learning side, we've seen companies such as Prenda, Primer, Sora schools pivot to providing learning pods or full-fledged online schools for K-12. So a lot happening in the homeschooling segment. Um, secondly, on the supplementary learning, you know, this has been a big segment in EdTech in Asia with Baiju's and Yuan Fudao in India and China. But we've also seen the segment grow more globally during the lockdown, especially as students get more comfortable with online education and look for quality outcomes. White Hat Junior is an excellent example of one such success story in the coding space for kids, which has moved from Asia to, to the US. Um, on the workforce upskilling segment, there's a stat that says 80% of the workforce doesn't have the skills needed for future jobs, and hence learning and development continues to be a focus of most enterprises. Within that, identifying skills gaps, developing personalized career paths, and readying the workforce for more future-related needs has been getting a lot of attention. Um, boot camps and coding companies like Codecademy, Lambda School continue to grow, but also enterprise task companies like Degreed are seeing immense demand. That's helpful. Shifting gears a little bit, what are some of the nuanced differences you've experienced doing investing in India, London, and now US? Have there been experiences that stuck out to you, especially given you were a female team member? Have you seen any focused efforts that funds are taking today to balance diversity in their teams, both at the funding as well as founding teams? That's a great question, Anvita. Um, surprisingly, venture investing is very similar across geographies. The nature of companies, their maturity, and valuation multiples may differ, but you know the internal processes within a fund and the evaluation lens really remains the same. US and Europe, you know, being more developed venture ecosystems, I would say I ended up in interacting a lot more with female founders um, as well as other female colleagues within the fund. On the other hand, emerging markets like India and Southeast Asia, being more nascent, still have some way to go when it comes to diversity in both founding teams and VC teams. Um, in the US particularly, I would say there has been an increasing effort on diversity and inclusion. Uh, programs like All Raise, Board List, Him For Her uh, are focused on bringing more women on boards, investing in female founded companies and creating mentorship programs for women interested in venture capital. Um, in the US, I would say many funds internally as well are more now more conscious uh, in ensuring an equal balance of voices within the fund, both based on gender as well as different ethnicities. Great. And what advice would you have for folks, special women who are trying to break into this industry um, on recruiting, preparation and cultural expectations? Great question, Rashmina. Let me talk about what worked for me as well as some close friends who made it into VC, regardless of their gender or ethnicity. First of all, get acquainted with how venture investing works. There are a ton of free resources on many VC funds, websites, and blogs. Uh, Bessemer just published all their investment thesis for their most iconic companies. Get familiar with the language and the style of analysis. Understand technical concepts like various forms of network effects, return ratios like LTV CAC, and other frameworks that help you think about the quality of an investment. Many investors, VCs, and angels are very active on Twitter and often talk about what they're seeing. So that could be a great place to start as well. Um, secondly, spend time outside of work on a specific sector. 
reading about it, talking to people in that industry. I can't stress enough how important it is to go deep and form a point of view. You don't need to know the last 30 or 50 startups that got funded, nor do you have to read TechCrunch every day. Just pick an industry or a theme that you care about. It could be things like B2B marketplaces, APIs, D2C e-commerce, whatever it is that interests you, and know the startups in that space. Worst case, this is also a good prep to join the startups that we see doesn't work out. Um, and the last thing I would say is network and form strong relationships within the venture community. A warm connect is really the best way to break in. If you don't have a direct connection, talk to your friends who are founders or operators in venture-funded businesses and ask them to introduce you to more relevant people. Most connections, I promise you, are three degrees away. Working through a network is also much easier once you have your sector perspective prepared. That's some really great advice, Kriti. Thank you so much for joining us today and giving us uh, so many great insights. I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate it. Thank you, both of you. It was a really fun being here. Thanks for having me.